welcome back. You are listening to the Truth That Heals podcast. And today we will be joined by a special guest, my cousin. His name is Mauricio Desiderio. He is part of a music group called Walla, the Walla Band. And he'll be sharing his story, his life of following his dream music. But not only that, he'll be sharing about the difficulties that came with following that dream and one of the one of the reasons why I really wanted Desiderio to be on the show was because for myself and perhaps for many of you in the audience there are times when it is hard to believe that we can actually follow that dream sometimes that dream seems like a star so far away unreachable yet Hearing, hearing his story of fighting through struggles, of difficulty, even in creating music, even within the band, all of these things which should be discouraging, all of these things that he went through which should have kept him down. Instead, Desiderio chose to be persistent. He chose to believe in himself even when it was just so difficult. And for me, myself personally, as a podcaster, as a writer, and now getting involved in the YouTube, it's so difficult. Sometimes my mind is plagued with the thought that I cannot do it. My mind is filled with these discouraging ideas that I'm not good enough. Or maybe I'll say to myself, man, I'm just too fat to even put my face on YouTube. But hearing his story, the story which I will be sharing with you shortly, gives me motivation, gives me hope that even in this time of struggle, even in this time of darkness, that dreams can come true. But there has to be persistence there has to be sometimes a bit of hard work and sacrifices but as you hear the story of Desiderio it starts off with him sharing about the influences of music from the Latino culture the Latinx culture the LA environment of being in a Salvadorian Mexican home and how his creativity just started coming in his life but even as those creations were coming into his mind there were so many barriers so many things that could have kept him down but as you listen to the interview you'll see that he refused to stay down and instead he chose and is still choosing to follow his passions and to be the best person and the best musician that he can be. So the point of this interview is that if you are going through difficulties following your dreams, or if you're having self-doubts, or if you're feeling despondent, that by listening to Desiderio, you'll find encouragement and hope that some dreams can come true. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back, everyone. I am your host, uh, Ryan Anthony Hernandez, and you are listening or watching to the Truth That Heals podcast. I am joined by a very, very special guest. I actually call him my brother, but he's actually my cousin. Uh, we are joined today by Desiderio. Um, I call him Mar Mauricio or sometimes Mo. He has so many names. Uh, but the main name I have for him is uh, my brother. Uh, welcome to the show, Desiderio. How are you doing? Thanks, Ryan. I'm happy to be here, man. I'm doing good. How about you? I'm doing good. And I see that you are currently in Utah. Yeah, I'm, I'm here in Salt Lake. I've been here what, uh, almost four years in August already. Uh, time time has gone by really quick. But uh, yeah, man, it's... Uh, a different world, definitely more colder, <laughs> you know, <laughs> getting used to that snow because uh, being you know, from L.A., having the the best uh, seasons, I guess, out there and over here is just like brutal. We have the most snow we've had this year, actually, I ever experienced in my life. So it's been but it's, it's beautiful. You know, it's it's been nice. How's Texas treating you? Texas is nice. But, you know, deep in my heart, I always miss California. I always miss yeah. L.A um because that's that's where we're from we grew up but unfortunately you know life life evolves things happened mm -hmm. i joined a cult and i left <laughs> and you know here i am in texas and you you know you follow your passions your dreams and that's led you to opportunities and now you're yeah. in in utah but talking about you know dreams and uh opportunities uh your dream as a child and you know me me being with you all the time i always saw that you had a passion for music and that's what i want to talk about today uh before we really get started can you share a little bit about your musical journey or your musical career with the audience okay um well yeah it started early on i have to say um so I always tell this story when I, you know, I get interviewed with when with my band and stuff is where, uh, you know, my my dad, you know, Teolito, my dad and my Teolili, rest rest in peace. So my dad had had he always had a passion for music, and uh, ever since he was a little kid, he had a passion for music, but he just never learned how to play anything, and neither did my aunt or anybody in our family really learn how to play instruments. And he always had that itch, and when uh, we used to sell the swami, so. One day he had just come home with all these instruments, guitar, electronic drums, a microphone, and just, and so he would get together like on weekdays and just start like jamming out with Weicho, like something that your dad would come, every, everybody would just come through and just start singing the mic and they didn't know how to play. It was just like noise, wang, wang. And I want to say it started there. It started it was like they put a seed in me like that. I didn't realize you know, unconsciously. I didn't know. And I was. I was always covering my ears. They're like, damn, they, they don't know how to play nothing, you know? <laughs> and so, but, but they didn't care. They were just having a good time. They just, and that's when you, when you love something at the moment, it doesn't matter if 
you know how to do it or not you just want to do it so that led a seed me a seed in me and then when i was in fourth grade a guy uh, uh, a teacher came in to our fourth grade class said hey we're gonna start a music program here in elementary school if you guys want to learn how uh you know learning any instrument let us know and we can sign you up so that night i went to my my parents say hey you know what they're gonna teach us music in uh, elementary school for free and all we do is just get an instrument you know and you know my parents didn't have that much money but we rented an old an old beat up saxophone there used to be a I don't know if you remember, but in Bellflower, there should be a, a music shop. They used to have like instruments. It was on a, I believe, on Clark. Clark. Yeah, like by uh, the library. No, it was another one. No, it wasn't. It was. It was not that one, but it was another one. It was okay. like more like uh, where my brother used to live, but they don't. It was not there no more. So uh, yeah, they got me the saxophone, and that's where I started. You know, I I began in elementary school, and I learned saxophone for a very long time. Uh, then I went to middle school, uh, and then high school is when I, I kind of like flourished where I just started like, you know, okay, I've been playing saxophone for many years. I started playing tuba. I played a little bit of the drums, um, and I was in marching band. It, it was fun. So, like, and then I was invited to be in a, in a, my first band in high school. I don't really remember the Sweet and Pimp Cats. <laughs> I, re I remember. <laughs> you know? Yeah. You performed that at St. Dominic Savio in Bellflower once. Oh yeah, that's right. Yes, yeah. right. Yeah, I remember it. Uh, you know, that's you know, in the nineties, swing came back and had an, a a nice, uh, uh, I guess, uh, a moment there again. Then uh, swing, uh, everybody was doing it. And so yeah, we we were, we had had a good time. I learned a lot. Then I got, went to college, uh, and then that's when I started playing guitar. Um, then you know, I started playing drums and piano. I, I started. It was funny because I actually. There was a Korean lady who she didn't speak English at all. And we made a trade. We made a pact that I would teach her English and she would give me free piano lessons. <laughs> and so I would read. I like the the, I, the first uh, I started reading her um, Frankenstein uh, by uh, what Mary, was it? Shelley. Mary Shelley. Yeah. Yeah. I was I was, I saw I was teaching her English, just letting her read that, you know. And That's she learned deep. pretty quick, you know. Yeah, I was, yeah. <laughs> it was, it was cool though because I got free piano lessons and I learned a lot. And and then yeah, and then I got into the ministry and church and I started, you know, being a music director there. And and I still had, I still have my 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 own dreams of doing my own band. And then eventually did Los Pocos, which is one of my many side projects. Then uh, fast forward, I did like Los Pocos for like ten years. <laughs> Yeah. Then that didn't go. Uh, it took me. I mean, it didn't go anywhere. And then I met Walla. It was, which is another story that maybe I can tell later today. But mm -hmm. like, I was had I was done with bands, and and I was like, you know what? I'm gonna give this try one more. You know, I was already thirty at the time, and I met John Kim, and we, we did Walla, and and then that Walla ended up becoming something more than I ever imagined. You know, and uh, and then with that went up and down, and we had our moments, and then ended up breaking through because of money. You know. Yeah. And then now I'm just making beats where like uh, I make my own beats and I sell them online. I have my own website and uh, uh, yeah, I, I try right now. I've been uh, working on a lot of new beats for this year, but last year I, 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 I uploaded like 30 beats on my, on, on my website and I sold like about five of them, Okay, you know? So it's, you know, it's, it's, it's cool because with technology now, like I can be here in Utah and somebody in Texas or in New York or even in Columbia can buy my beat. They can either sing on it or rap on it, and they release it, you know. So it's uh, it's it's awesome how technology has really helped. I feel like a lot of creative people, where it's more like freedom to like just you don't have before like you you want to uh, finish a song, you have to go to a big studio, yeah, and you have to rent the whole studio for like 
$500 a day. And you, when you had that money, you were not going to produce music. So now it's more easier than ever for anybody to pick up a computer, pick up a guitar and just write a song, you know? I think, uh, you know, talking about, you know, um, you know, renting the, the uh, recording studio. I think I was with you. I think we were in Lakewood or something where you like, you got a studio because you're starting off Los Pocos. Oh, that's right. I think it was Santa Fe Springs, right? In Santa Fe Springs, yeah. Yeah, there was a there was a, so it was a rehearsal studio, and then they also had a recording studio. So whenever you want to record the songs that you were rehearsing, they would record you. Did you practice? Were you were practicing with this because you did play. You were playing bass, right, for a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Because you... uh, I, I think the bass player had a was either sick or he was in jail. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but we did have a we had a gig at Santo Tomas in. in in LA, I, yeah, I remember. It was like one of our first first shows ever. And then we got interviewed by um Azteca. Yeah, that was cool. Yeah, that I, was could, cool. I was like, I was so nervous. I was just like, <laughs> you know, but it's those things that those moments you always hope for when you're starting out, right? Like you know, those they give you more fire to just continue and follow your passion, you know. So, but yeah, I have to really, I owe my, I feel like my music passion to my to my uncle and my tia were. They gave me something that, you know, and, and now it's like, I hope to inspire one of either my boys or one of my family members who's young right now to hopefully they get inspired to say, hey, you know what? I want to pick up a guitar like my, my uncle Mo or my dad, you know, with Mo and, and learn, you know, because I feel yeah. like that's the most, when you can pass that down, you know, it's a beautiful thing. So you shared earlier or just right now about the ups and downs and, you know, starting off from you know, your father and, you know, and my dad, and how they would, they would play racket. It wasn't really <laughs> music. It was just racket, but they were just, they just, you know how they say, uh, sing like you're in the shower or like, or yeah. dance, like no one is looking. So yeah. they, it sounds like they just did that and it started planting a seed. And, but you know, that seed, uh, I'm wondering when was it that you felt that uh, it really bloomed in your life. Was it when you were with the Swinging Pimp Cats? Was it when you were in the marching band? Or was there a moment where you just said, I, I love music? Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it happened pretty young because I remember when I was playing a saxophone, um, I couldn't write a, it was really hard to write a sax, uh, a song with a saxophone when I was 10, I believe. I was like, what? I want to write a song, but I, I just have a saxophone. And I don't, and at the time I, I was, limited to my you know, instruments and i didn't if i would have picked up the piano i probably would have started writing songs at an earlier age but i knew since then since i was 10 i was like i wanted to be in music like sometimes we even with the cousins uh i'm not sure with you but we was we pretend we we're in the band and we would sing and i told him when i, I like I, when i grow up i wanted to be a, you know i wanted to be in music i, I don't know it's weird i just i had the inclination in my heart that i i wanted to do music since i was small and it was like around 10 when i was like well Okay, I can't write a song. Uh, write a song with a saxophone, but I'm gonna learn how to, how to find how to write a song one day, and then I'm and 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 then I was look at like I started uh when I was really young looking into like biographies like when when I would have on uh on MTV or VH1 like on on artists and how they came up and like how the Beatles came up how how John Lennon learned how to play guitar or Paul McCartney, how they met. Like that always intrigued me. That always, like, I was always fascinated by how they started, you know, cause then I can get answers and how I could start, you know? So like, it, it was, it was really early on. And, you know, with different bands that I was in, I learned different things, you know, and I, I felt like 
I was lucky. I was fortunate enough that I was young when I learned what I love to do with my life. You know, I feel like sometimes it takes people a while, but I knew early on, which kind of helped me in a sense where like I had a, I had a target and I had a, a an aim and I just had to keep working th- towards that, that target, you know? And, um, you know, I've established that we're cousins. So, you know, I'm Salvadorian, you know, my father and your father are Salvadorian. Your mother is a Mexican. We both mm-hmm. grew up in the L.A. scene. Uh, did did your Mexican roots, Salvadorian roots and the 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 neighborhoods, the city of L.A., how did that influence you in your musical journey? Uh, well, you know, it's it's funny because I'm not sure if you find yourself in the same um, shoes where I feel like when we're young, you know, we want to break out of our parents' uh, musical taste and whatever whatever they have to offer us we kind of want to when we were young we rejected it. We were like no 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 we want to find our own identity right but as i grew up and i started getting older i started going back to the music that they introduced me to and and even now more now that i'm 40 almost 42 years old like i you know i kind of think i sound like a city of me to like even try to reject it because there's so much beautiful music they introduced me to like without even me knowing like there's a lot of songs like boleros for one thing right it's a music genre that mamolita will listen to the music genre and and boleros you know they're still popular now they're just they they take a different uh, you know shape and form but it's such beautiful music that came from like the 1930s and and mexican culture then my fast forward my dad when he came from el salvador he was 20 and so he listened to like um, Jose Jose, Juan Gabriel. He listened to uh, Camilo Sesto, you know, all those artists that now I listen to them. And those, those they had some bangers, man. I was like, what was I think? Like these some, these are jams, you know. And and what even blows me more away is that they had limited uh, capabilities with sound equipment. So there's a guy in the bass, a guy in a guitar and a drum and a keyboard, and they made more music than sometimes I can make in a laptop. And it just mm-hmm. it boggles my mind how they were, and they make it so full, you know? So definitely their, their songs. And, and now I go back and I listen and I'm driving sometimes and I want to, I want to reminisce to my, my, my early childhood days. So I'll put a song like, and, and it's beautiful because, you know, music has the ability to take you to a certain point in your life like you might have forgot about it right but when you hear that song it'll take you either when you were 10 12 21 and you can smell how what were you what things were smelling like at that moment and how you were feeling and it's just it's just crazy how music has that that ability to just to to, to take it's like a time machine and it takes you there so uh and then and i and i hear it now in my music i've i those influences you hear it now I'm very proud of who I am, my my background. I'm very proud of my roots. I don't, you know, I'm not ashamed. Like, hey, it's beautiful music, you know. And if I can like sample a song of, uh, I I did actually a couple of songs. I sampled their from old songs that 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 I just you know kind of like Kanye West. Kanye West sampled a lot of like '70s R&B groups like Earth, Wind and Fire, and so did Dre, you know. Uh, so I want to do that, but we do that with Latino music. We're like, I'm yeah. sampling old school songs that no one's ever heard before or, or sampled. And then going back to like being in LA, of course, you know, we were introduced to Dre, Snoop Dogg and the hip hop element later on K rock, you know, 106.7. They introduced me to a lot of rock, chili peppers and Nirvana. So it's like, you know, I feel like 
I, and now as a DJ, because I DJ too sometimes, I have a big eclectic taste where, you know, I can throw Nirvana and then I'll throw you like an old 70s song, you know, like back in the days that like maybe um, uh, Fleetwood Mac. I'll throw a Fleetwood Mac yeah. right there. And people are like, whoa, like this guy knows his music. Like people would like, I, and I could throw you some hip hop, you know, some Dr. Dre or, or whatever, like new, newer stuff too. So, you know, growing up in LA does definitely give you like a, a nice taste of music, you know, what's coming up because a lot of them are coming out of LA. <laughs> and then now just it just uh, yeah it's definitely a great place to be for music and you know my I, my parents definitely gave me a, a nice taste for it too and you uh brought up uh you know spanish music and uh, how you know music even from the 1930s 1940s in the spanish culture uh, had a bit of influence do you think that uh artists like you and maybe some other artists are bringing a revival to those old tunes and bringing it back to the mainstream. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like when I heard, I think Cardi B, uh, she sampled a song that was like an uh, "I Like It Like That." That was a very, it's a old, those a very older song that they just basically resampled it and made it new. And and more, and I've heard like uh, there's an artist called Kuko, who it's funny enough. Like uh, I tell you, really, my partner, like that. I have these, like, I, I feel like I'm always, like, ahead a, a of the curve, just, like, a little bit, because, so there was one time that, uh, in the bands, like, Los Tericulos, Tricolas, I'm not sure if you heard of them, mm -hmm. so they're, like, they kind of sound like the Doors, but in Spanish, right, and I, and I, and back in the 2000s, I was like, you know what, it'd be nice for a band to have this, like, door sound, but in Spanish, and then, fast forward, there's this band called Chicano Batman, I'm not sure if you heard of them, but, they have a very psychedelic, but they sing in Spanish and in English, and they blew up. Mm -hmm. Funny enough, the lead singer I went to college with him at Cerritos, and then fast forward, I was like, you know, it'd be nice for like for young people to sample '30s music, and then sure enough, this guy comes, the name is Cuco, who's from LA. He started, uh, he would, um, he would remake these old songs like Los Panchos. And he he was seeing him in a modern way, and he blew up. He got signed by Interscope, and he's a he's a he's big. It's a big artist now in Latino culture, and it's just like, dang it! I wish I could. The only thing is, I'm not a singer. I'm a I'm a music maker. Like I can make beats, I can make, but I can't. I have a what you know, like you're, you're I, not I'm a just not. You're not a singer. You're a lover. No. <laughs> you know exactly, <laughs> right? but unfortunately, you know, I couldn't I couldn't sing. But it's like it's funny now. It's a, it's nice to see that. These ideas I had in my head are now are forthcoming. We're like, wow, like this this thing happened and it went well for a band. And like, and like another thing that I recently, I'm not sure if you listen, but there's uh, what's taking over a lot is Afro beats. Yeah, like music from like Senegal, from like like Africa, where like it has a certain feel. And I was and I told you really, this, this is the next thing that's gonna be big. And sure enough, it's it's like it's a very popular right now, which is awesome, you know, because I feel like. Music, it's weird. Music changes and it evolves, but at the same time, like fashion, it always comes back to certain phases. Yeah. Like I feel like swing will end up making a resurface somehow. You know, ska will end up resurfacing somehow. Reggae, they it all does. It just takes time, and and the right keys and players to 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 bring it back. You know, and regurgitate it in a new form. I remember you took me to my first concert. I think it was at the Glass House. Is that in Pomona? Yeah, yeah. I mean, Hepcat, right? 
the Hepcats, yeah. And then like mm-hmm. a, a week or two later, I left for, you know, to follow my own pursuits in life. But yeah, that was my my first uh, concert. That was a fun. I that, I still remember. That was a, such a fun show. They, they put a good show on. They're actually playing in Long Beach uh, in the summer. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, I, they're still going. I remember when we went to that concert. I don't know. We ate before, I think, some tacos. Uh, they're like down the street. And then uh, anyways, <laughs> I'll tell you later. <laughs> I'll tell you later. <laughs> but I, I'm going to say is that, man, I don't know if the, does the glass house still exist. Yeah, it does. Well, I I, I I hope they freaking clean their bathrooms, dude. Because it was oh like, no, man. it's still it's still pretty bad. Like oh yeah, God. it's definitely not the not the cleanest venue. Um, not the nicest venue by by any stretch, but it's 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 a it's a I want to say historical because I've seen some really good bands there. Like they have good shows, and yeah, they, and and they are blowing up, like becoming really huge. And have you, you know? performed at the Glass House? No, we've gone pretty close. We've gotten pretty close, uh, but not no, not yet. That 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 would be like you know, if we do the glass house or um, the Hollywood Bowls, you know, it's always been yeah. a dream of mine. I, I did the Viper Room, um, or even the Hollywood Palladium. Okay. Know? Uh, but yeah, I've the Viper Room and then the Whiskey Pete's where uh, the Doors actually played their first show, Whiskey Pete. Um, and the, I'm not sure if you know the story of how, how Jim Morrison did his first show, right? Uh, no. Where he was so nervous that he was face he he faced the, he didn't he couldn't face the crowd, so he would sing to the band on his first show, and so they would boo him because he didn't want to turn around and look at the crowd. So he sang with his back facing them <laughs> most hey. of the show. <laughs> well, he's known for being so um, I, I don't want to say outrageous. But I mean, his his style when it came to singing and he would have like this kind of poetry, a poetic part mm-hmm. of him. And he had like that vulgarity. It just you you can see the progress in creators, in uh, artists. How Sometimes you can start off like Jim Morrison, you know, facing the wall and uh, it can be very intimidating. But once you mm-hmm. break out of that shell, yeah, I mean, yeah. he really Jim Morrison really broke out like big time. Oh, yeah. 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 And he led the way for I feel like a lot because you can, you, like it's like influential, right? Like how, like not just only in the music but stage presence is very influential. Like Elvis influenced a lot of artists. Then I want to say Jim Morrison, and then like other people who came. Michael Jackson, another person very influential in his moves. Where like you know now you see a lot of people that like Justin Timberlake, you know Chris Brown, like so it's like. You know, you not only not only can your music really influence people, but just your, how you carry yourself on stage, you know, which is and, pretty awesome. Like, and do you find yourself having your own style, or do you just play? Oh no! I when I I made it a point that when I play the show, you felt my energy, and like even though I was just a bass player and I was in the background, like, and and, it, and it's funny because it's just how life happens, right? Like, my singer. He was very shy. My singer for Walla mm-hmm. was very shy, and 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 he didn't. Uh, he just he just stood there really, which is fine. Like not not everybody's gonna be like a, a. So he relied on me to bring the energy, and he was okay. Stand right here. Stand right next to me. Yeah. So kind of you can kind of feed my I feel off my energy, and the crowd would be like, "Hey man, you when I see you playing your bass, man, I really get into it." And I'm like, "Hey man, like they thank you, like I appreciate that, you know, because like, people, you know." 
like I, I know there's bands that are just more mellow and there's but when you're playing like hype music and like it's very energetic you have to bring that energy you know because yeah. people will feel it. it it transcends like whoa you, you just feel their energy you know and I always like people giving people good shows and that's one thing I do miss about I don't play as much live shows anymore but when we did I I gave it my everything I would leave everything on that stage come out tired and and sometimes I'd be jumping up like you know like uh who's that guitarist from um ACDC Angus Young guy, was, yeah Angus Young right I, yeah yeah that guy has so much and, and like he's known for that you know he's known for like just and even at his old age, he's still been rocking like shows. Like, I yeah. thought I went to go see them, and he'd be like, "Man, that guy! I don't know, he's like he took, 60, he 70 took years me. old." Oh, really? Yeah, dude, that must have been an amazing show. A shout out to Raton if he's listening. I remember at that yeah, time, yeah. I was still because I, uh, I just recently, recently came back home, so my mind was still programmed into this like religious slash culty kind of lifestyle. But I was trying to like. Mm-hmm you know, be daring and kind of go against it. And uh, I guess a little bit rebellious. So I went to the uh, concert and uh, everyone has their devil horns and, you know, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm there like in the, uh, in my seat, like, oh, you know? <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> but I saw him like, you know, doing these, like, uh, he was like spinning on the floor. I was like, wow, this is, yeah. this is a good show. It brings, exactly. it brings something extra. Uh, yeah. So, but for you, when you started doing that, uh, your first time, was it a bit scary? Oh yeah, uh, uh, and and I'm lucky that I started young. I feel like does that help? Like when the Swinging Pimp Cats was like my first uh, taste of it, and I definitely you get nervous, you get those butterflies, and play the wrong note, you squeak the wrong. When I was playing a saxophone, you know, yeah. and it, you know it's intimidating because like you're looking at people and their eyes are on you, and you're like, uh, like, and so you can't mess up. But that's where the if you rehearse enough, you know, if you practice on, on, you know, and by the time you get ready for that show, you, you'll be ready. But even then, like, I remember like with, uh, with Walla, like they would tell us, Oh, Justin Bieber's, uh, uh, managers in the audience or so-and-so's managers in the audience or so-and-so. And then that would really bring that pressure because now you have record labels in the audience and you're like, okay, I can't mess up. I can't mess up. But even then, like, it's just, you're human, you know, like you, yeah. you can't be perfect. And, and, it's like you just got to do your best and, and hopefully it works out. And if it doesn't, it doesn't, hey, as long as you give your best, you know? And I think um, we were in Las Vegas recently. Um, I don't know if you remember. I don't remember half of the of the experience, <laughs> of the experience but uh, we, were, uh, we were eating and then you were sharing that I believe on one of your shows, someone actually throwed tomatoes at you. I can't re- I can't remember. I mean, I've been throwing a or, lot. Or maybe that was Jack. Maybe that was Jackie who said that. That someone threw tomatoes. Maybe, yeah. Maybe Jack. May- I mean, I've done so many shows where like people have Buddhas and people are just like get off. Like I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure in the early on, maybe we had an incident like that with Jackie because uh, Jackie was uh, like the first Los Pocos singer that we had, you know. Yeah. Um, and we, you know, we went. She, she was in it for a while, you know, and we had our you know, moments where like. We earned our stripes. I earned my stripes with that band, and uh, it was just good times. You know, we were young, and then we had no clue what we were doing. But we're a part of it was just having fun and being together, you know. And and that's what it's it's funny because so and I felt like if if Walla would have had that, we might have survived what happened to us, in the sense where like we 
with Los Pocos, it was all about brotherhood. We had each other's backs, you know, and, and like looking out for each other. Um, and, and, you know, it's always trying to push each other. But with, with Walla, it was like all about the money. It was just like, it's all about me. And then, and then the scene would be like, I'm not your friend. Like, we don't, we don't, I'm not your, I'm not your bro. Like, don't speak to me like that. I'm like, really? Okay. Whatever. Then we're just a business partners then, you know? But now with the new singer with, with Johnny, it's a different, it's a, you know, he's, he's, we all get along. It's a brotherhood. We're actually, we're going to, we're working on new music with Wall. Actually, we're going to have a couple of songs being released, but it's that thing where like, I, I enjoyed more when, when you're in a, yeah, I mean, making money is important, but when you're making art, it's important to, to make art with good people with good energy. You know, they're not there just to, to make money or, 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 or be creative dictators, you know, we're a band. And, and I feel like when you let everybody speak or, you know, everybody contribute, it just makes it for a better experience for everybody, you know? Well, like but, as, yeah. as a podcaster, I work solo, but there are occasions when I have a guest or I do a, a co-host, uh, a podcast with, with someone else. Uh, but it's always, you, you always want to be on the same page. And when there's someone who's, acting like a one-man show or like they're more important than the rest of the group you know like if i'm gonna do a podcast with someone and or a co-host and and i i see that their treatment of me is kind of like i'm just doing this for money let's do a quick interview and then mm -hmm. i'm getting exploited it's like hey hey, hey you know like yeah, yeah. Uh, i'm not i didn't sign up for that uh so there has to be I don't know. There has to be some, I guess, uh, boundaries that you set up as well when you're working with with someone who's just money hungry. And like right. you said, money money makes you know it's, it's good. We we yeah. need money. We need to pay our bills. But do you feel that in the in the hunt for money that you can lose your creative abilities, or does it help? Uh, maybe propel your creations no i mean i uh i for sure think that sometimes money can mess up things because it at least in, in my experience it creates this trustfulness right um like the there's a there's a moment where i, I ha, and I, I just said it because sometimes i'm a kind of person i like to speak up and i say john i i have a feeling that if you could sell your like you, you sell your mom like your mom's soul to become rich and famous, you would do it. Like I have a sense from you. Like, well, maybe. And I'm like, you know, and just like he he gave me that sense where like, okay, the moment because he had talked about firing other guys in the band the minute we got signed or the minute and now and and if I had followed along with him, it was only a matter of time, but he'd be like, Well, you know what? Now you don't serve me any purpose, Mo. Now you're out of the band, you know. And what helped us is that we created a contract in the beginning that stated that any any big decision that Wall was going to make, it was a majority rule. And we were five, so three had a vote. And we were I was able to convince the other two that, hey, you know what, let's not don't listen to this guy because this guy's going to take us under. You know, um, we had just got signed, um, but they wanted to fire Alessio, the, our drummer. And we had been together for five years and it took us we it, was, it took us a lot of hard work to get there and we now, now people are finally noticing us and now he wants to make these changes like this manager wants to like 
dictate who gets fired in a band. I was like, why would we let a stranger who has not been part of this process come and tell us what to do? So if we got people's attention, it's for a reason. It's all our hard work. But the senior didn't want to hear anything. And, and he said, well, we fire him or we do something else. And we'll say, you know what? We're going to, I've been talking to them and we're actually going to fire you. The singer actually said, I said, you know, we're going to fire you and, and and we'll keep Gabriel, you know? Mm-hmm. And he said, no, uh, it's, I'm going to go with the singer. We're going to be, we're going to start a different band and we're going to be more famous than you guys. And we're going to blow up and this manager is going to take care of us. And guess what? It didn't work like that. The manager ended up dropping them. Uh, our songs have more plays than their songs. Not to like, you know, to like be petty like that, but mm-hmm. they didn't become bigger than us. And he destroyed something that could have been made. Who knows how big it could have been, you know? But for his ego, for for thirst of the moment he smelled money, he he just lost his marbles. And and no, you have to like, if you really love, like, I love, like for me, I'm going to be making music hopefully till I'm 80, you know? So, so God gives me my last day of breath. Like, I, you can tell my family, like my kids, they see me and I'm, I'm always working on music. I might not always post it. So sometimes I feel like, oh, this song, this beat is not strong enough. But when someone loves to do something, they're going to do it regardless if they're paying me or not, you know? Yeah. And hopefully, uh, you know, like they, they said, like the 10,000 hours, I can hear myself grow, man. I can I can hear like, wow, like <laughs> I, I went back to 2004 and heard some of my early beats and how much I've grown. And I'm just so glad I didn't stop. It's one of those things where like you do, like you will regret, like if you stop something that you love to do, in the long run, you will regret it. You'll, you'll never regret because you're like, you will never hear yourself grow. Like how, what could have been, you know, you're always going to have like, what if, what, if, and you don't want that. You know, that'll be too nagging to have inside your heart. So I, I was just grateful that, you know, I listened to my intuition. I didn't let money, like a little bit of money, you know, get me all excited. I said, you know what? I'm, I want to make it, but in the right way without having to backstab anybody, because then that's going to be the, the, the way to keep doing it to stay on top. Guess what? I gotta backstab more people and more people, and 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 sooner enough you're gonna be all alone with all that money. And what I've seen, like you know, and you've seen it, right? Like, like, and I, who knows? Because I don't know what mental depression is, but having money, like being a rock star and having all that money, doesn't dictate a happy life. Look at the guy from Soundgarden; he took his own life. Look at the guy from Linkin Park; he took his. How many millionaire rock stars take their own life? So. Money is not everything, you know. Hitting like for me, it's just like it, it taught me, like you know what, I, I'm I'm happy just to be able to make music, and even though maybe not a thousand people are listening to it right now, the goal is that one day they will. But it's just to get better, to improve as a musician, to evolve as a songwriter, to get that's my only goal is to get better than I was last year and to produce more songs than I did last year. You know, those are goals that I can hit and, and attain for myself. You know, as a as a spectator, me like as a person in the audience, I think that culturally we really look at those who are successful, you know, quote unquote successful, and have all all the money and the glam. Uh, but we fail to you know see the struggle, you know, the the hustle that many of these mm-hmm. artists have put up, you know, over years. And for you, it's like been a lifetime. Mm-hmm. And you know, sometimes even those who reach the top. Not all, but on on some, uh, in some cases, you talk. You mention their name. You know, ten years later, it's like, well, who's that? You know, it's like, you know, that sometimes that fame fades. Yeah, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. But it sounds like you're still keeping that fire going. Uh, what yeah. is it 
that helps you to keep your hobby, your passion burning? Uh, I have to say that it's true love. I I cannot explain no other way. It's true love for what I, for I have I have a true love for music, uh, for art. I mean, you know, I I love creating, like watching movies. Like I, I love a lot of things, but it's it's one thing about creating music. Like for me, it's like one moment, an hour ago, there was nothing on my laptop but a blank canvas, and within an hour, I have this colorful movement. Right, that now it has like it takes you like depending on how I feel. Like if I'm feeling happy, it has an energetic feel. If it's feeling like if I feel a little sad, sometimes I write a sad song, and it help and it helps me. You know, it helps me go to, like it's therapy for me in, in a sense. Like if I'm not creating, I'm it's then I'm uh, like, uh, I get, I get very sad. Like when I go with a month without creating, like, it's like, when I'm, like, I don't know if now that I've seen you've been walking a lot, uh, you feel it when you stop walking or you stop, you, you, it's like, you kind of like miss it. Cause it just, there's like a high you get. Like I get a high when I create music. It's a natural high. Like it's better than drinking. It's better than like smoking. It's better than anything I ever tried. It's like a natural high that I just, it feels so good when you're in the moment you're in the zone of course, that's not all the time. You know, there's moments that I'm forcing myself. Come on, you gotta make a beat, and it doesn't come out. Yeah. yeah. But it's what you, you you from experience. You close up your laptop or what? My I put my guitar away, and tomorrow's another day. I'm not today. I'm not having a good day, knowing that tomorrow is gonna be a better day. And normally, yeah. nine out of ten times, it is a better day, and and it goes away. You know. So it's the fire that I just I love music, and and I want to see how far I can go with it. You know, I want to see. I want to see what I'm capable of because every time, every year that passes, I'm always like, wow, I did that. Like sometimes I listen to my beat. I'm like, did I do that? Wow. Like who knew? Like, you know, and I, I didn't, I, I didn't, I, I never, I paid for lessons when I was in college for some guitar lessons, but it was like maybe within a year, you know, like music was not in my family in the sense where like, oh, my dad was a singer or yeah. my dad worked for a record label. My, all my family are musicians. They, you know, so-and-so is in a bass. You know, everything is new to me. And I picked it up and I was able to do a lot with it. And it, it, that's a great feeling for me. Like, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't given to me. I had to, I have to work for every inch, you know, that I've had. I had to work for it. You know, it wasn't, it wasn't handed down to me. So it's just, I love creating. I love that fire. and I love that high. Was there ever a moment in your journey where you felt that, uh, your passion for music was looked down upon or was discouraged oh yeah i mean that that, that i feel like especially when i was younger people were like you know why don't you get a real job you know <laughs> like i wouldn't i would i would work part-time jobs or like i was going to school um and it's weird because i was going to college and every like my main course because i graduated in philosophy like I got decent grades in philosophy, but the moment I took a, a music class, every music class I took in Cerritos and Cal State Fullerton, I got straight A's, all my music classes. And it's like, then I graduated and then I just, I, I wanted to do music. You know, everybody was out there having families and, and getting real jobs. And people were like, why don't you get a job? It's like, I can't, like, I, I, I love music too much. And I didn't want to, at that time, you know, at least I was able to like, be with the band and know what the feeling is like to play a bunch of live shows and and put a lot of songs out like that takes time and dedication and i didn't want to have kids and be the dad that's like oh where's dad oh he's at band practice or he's in the studio recording why isn't dad at my my soccer game why isn't dad or why isn't my husband here at home with me because he's out there playing at a club and 
you know, just like being away from home. And I don't want to be that guy. I, I knew that music was my love and I wanted to be faithful to my music and I, I want to be faithful to myself, you know? And so people were like, come on, right? You're getting like, when I met Walla, I was already 30. A lot of people are like, have already given, mo most of my friends that I was in music in my 20s, they had stopped doing it. Like, ah, we're going to have families. You're going to have real jobs. But I, and I'm kind of glad I did it because, you know, with Walla, we hit a different level of, of, um, an audience like we reach a mass audience that I, I couldn't ever reach by myself excuse me but if i would have given up when i was 25 i would have never met walla like look our our songs have been on nfl commercials our songs have been in hulu commercials our songs have been in um jesse penny commercial just like you know like one I'll, I'll get people calling like they'll face um the record hey i'm over here at a cold stone or whatever and your one-on-one is playing or i'm at the apple store and your one-on-one is playing yeah I, I wouldn't have those moments if at 25 I would have been like, yeah, I'm getting old and it's time for me to, you know, and, and like, and that's why I don't give up now because who knows one of these songs might get placement. Yeah. And I, and I hear, you hear these stories where like this, this producer was and it's like, um, there's a producer that, uh, uh, you know, the old town road song with little Nas. Oh yeah. The old town road that they blew up a couple of years ago. Yeah. Where this guy, he was doing what I was doing. He was just selling his beats online. He did this and, and he did this country beat that he had an idea. I'm gonna make a country beat with hip hop, and then he put it up on his website. I sat there for a couple of months. Little Nas, he's a no. Little Nas wasn't no known at the moment. He we went to this guy's website. He found this one song. He loved it. He bought it on his website. He put his own lyrics on it. The song blew up and made them both famous. Yeah, this producer got a lot of more work. He won a Grammy, blah, 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 blah. And it's just like, and all because he did the song from his bedroom. Like, I have those opportunities now where, like, I'm making beats from my studio here. That who knows if if with, with a lot of work and some luck, you just never know where they might end up. Maybe it could be, like, you know, in the, in the Last of Us soundtrack or, you know, in a, in a movie. You, you get, honestly, like, yeah. the, the sky's the limit. But if yeah. I give up, if I give up and I hear one of my friends, like, Fast forward five years later, oh, Mo, you're not gonna believe one of my songs just got on Hulu or or I'm like, what a what what who who knows where I could have been if I didn't give up? Yeah, you know. Um, I remember maybe two before I think before the pandemic, or after I don't know. Anyways, I was in Austin. I was with a friend of mine, and we're chit chatting, and I had to tell her, you know, respectfully, hey, uh, stop talking for a second. Hold on. I'm like, you hear that? And she's like, yeah, what about it? That's my cousin. That's my cousin. He's like 101, you know? So <laughs> so I, I've heard it, you know, also. Nice. Okay. And uh, talking about 101 and, uh, you know, that's, I think, the the hottest song that you had for Walla, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, How is it like, because you've, you've constructed music on your own. Uh, what is the feel when you construct music, compose music with, a group with your band uh, what's the difference it, it, it's it's harder because uh like i you heard the saying like too many chefs in the kitchen you know it, it's yeah. sometimes if there's so many too, too many people cooking it can get really hard to to get to the same goal you know um so the process can take a little longer because so and so will be like nah I don't like the guitar part or i don't like the bass part or you know what i don't even like your lyrics or i don't like your and it's just like and it's to the tug of war. We're like, okay, which direction are we going to go in? And, 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 but at the same time, it's, 
fun because you're talking smack and you're having a good time. And like sometimes when I'm doing my like sometimes I'm doing music by myself, it's like I need that someone someone it'll be nice to have somebody give me a comment or like like a pick me up comment, like, you know what? Oh try this or try and so it it it's I get stuff done quicker by myself because I already know my tendencies and I know what I need to do to get done. But sometimes it's not as fun. It's like I remember the days when, when I was in the group in the studio and like we were just trying to write a song. Like sometimes I'm really good at where I I get inspired by somebody else's riff. Like say you bring me a riff and all you do is you get and you play for me and all these ideas start coming to me. But if I play a riff, not so many ideas come to me. I don't know why. I bounce off your energy. I bounce off what you came up with. Sometimes I can add for good. Sometimes it doesn't it doesn't work out. But I really do bounce off people's like why? Oh, you know what? I really dig what you did. You know, let me try this. Let me try that. You know. So I feel like those are pros and cons. You know, it's nice to work by yourself because you can count on yourself. Uh, in the music industry, uh, like probably like any industry, people are flakes. Oh yeah, man, I'll be there next Saturday to jam with you. La 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 la. People are flakes. They show up, or if they do, it'll show up for one day and. And like I had so many songs that I started with rappers, they would only come through in the studio one day and then they'd be gone. And I would call them and they never come back. And I would like Dang. half finished songs sitting in my hard drive, you know, up, up to now. So, it's still half finished. Yeah. They have finished. They never finished them because a lot of times, you know, people are not ready for the commitment. And so it's nice to, you know, count on yourself and, and know that you're committed, but it's even nicer when you find committed people who are willing to, to go the extra mile with you, you know? So, yeah. And it's, it's important to have your message, you know, on this podcast, because, you know, uh, some of the audience in, who are listening to this podcast, uh, usually I talk about cults or about abuse or, you know, a lot of negative things. And not that long ago, I had this uh, filmmaker from Ireland who was uh, discussing, you know, bullying and like the idea of this podcast is always to inspire people, uh, no matter what background. But for me, there's always like that place in my heart for people who have been in cults. Um, but also like with you on the show, I think that this message can really go to anyone, uh, especially those who have been like in domestic abuse or in relationships where it's like there's one person in the relation relationship who wants to do something big and say, all right, I got this, this idea. But then you have the other person like, no, like, yeah. like who isn't supportive. Mm -hmm. uh, so mm -hmm. how important was it as a band uh, to support uh, the other members? Because you mentioned earlier that there was a side that was like a brotherhood. And then mm -hmm. there was mm -hmm. the other side that was like, no, uh, it's about me. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, and, and that's the hard part, right? Because, you know, when you meet people first on, and I'm pretty sure, like, when you had Brody Party went into your, you know, the Brotherhood, right? There's facades that people place, you know? And and definitely with my our old singer, there was a facade that in the beginning I didn't see. And it took me a while for his real colors to start showing in a sense where, like, it was like a couple of us were really close. We always hung out and... And there was a reason, like, every time we invited this guy for, like, hey, let's go, we're going to go hang out, drink, have a couple of beers, or go watch another band. Because I, you know, when in your craft and whatever you do, you don't know everything. And it's always important to learn. Like, you, that's one thing I, I, I encourage people, to learn as much as you can about your craft. So I would go watch other bands. I would love that. Like, 
it didn't there's gonna be bands better than us i knew that like I'll, i'm not always gonna be like oh my band's the the best from everybody else no it's the, what can we learn from this band and so we would invite our singers hey come no you're like, you know what no i'm cool i don't need to go with you guys and then but then what would happen is that later on it'd be like oh you know so and so why did you wear this shirt it looks ugly on you 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 don't look like you're in a rock band you look like you're in a in a symphony and i'm just like hey bro lay off like he's just trying his best like you know like come on like and i i feel like i was always like the mediator i was trying like just like hey man back off like he's trying just as hard as we are but just he's trying to in his own way you know uh so yeah it was always just like it, for me it was a relationship where like he always felt like he knew everything and it was weird because i was older and i had been in more bands and now and i was always trying to be the you know it's like you don't win anything by t by being negative. So if you want someone to do better, you don't yell at them and focus on the weaknesses. You focus on what strengths they have and, and you see how you can bring them out even more, you know? And I always told them, yours, as a singer, you're looked at as the leader. You're the singer. You need to lead us as a band and, and find the strengths in all of us and, and bring us together. But it seemed like I was the one doing it, you know? Uh, and my thing is, is like, if you're in a relationship, any kind, like a band or a work or, or you know, a part domestic, and and one person is just putting you down all the time, uh, and, and exploiting your weaknesses and and making you think that you you're not capable of much, then you need to get out. It's it's you're sometimes we feel like people are gonna change or the situation is gonna change, but it's not. And a lot of times we end up wasting a lot of years thinking that. Oh, this person is gonna change, or or, or, we, or we think it's us, or we think, oh, some, it's me, it's me, and it's like, no, no, like, if if the people around you, the people you know, are not encouraging you to follow, you know, your beliefs, then you might have to like distance yourself, you know, distance yourself, and and, and because you you life is short, life is too short, and you don't need to be with people who are just gonna be putting you down thinking they know it's your life you know it's your life and you what you want you you know what you want to do and a lot of times uh it, it was sad to hear him just down you know downgrade somebody or, or pick on somebody just because they were having an off night or you know excuse me so yeah man i would definitely encourage anybody like the the hardest part is to always walk away and to start separate yourself trust me like like i knew we we had something special as a band with him it, you know not that we don't have now we have something special now too but it's like we had something unique and but at the same time i was like do i continue this kind of toxic behavior in my band and and let him think he can run it however he want or do we put a stop to this and we put a stop to it and i can tell you like uh you know we're closer now as a band like we, we when i go visit to la like hey when are we gonna go hang out let me know when you're in town we'll get a bite to eat how you're doing how's your family like we had a call today actually with walla and, and we facetime each other how you doing how you how's everybody like i couldn't go uh unless you got married in spain and i really wanted to go i missed it and they facetime me hey how's it going mo we missed you like wish you were here and it's those relationships that you build like if you know you're fortunate enough to like build it with positive people those relationships last a long time, you know, they really do. And, and, and yeah, it's, it's about removing yourself from toxic situations, from, from people that are just not going to help you in your, in your journey. And one thing about like relationships is that all relationships, you know, across life are going to have 
friction. And mm-hmm. but you mentioned yeah. earlier how like sometimes you have that friction where it's like, nah, I don't like your lyrics or I don't like this. But there's a uh, it, it's constructive. Yeah. Where you're exactly. trying to you you have the same aim and it's not to put anyone down. Yeah. yeah. But it's it's to build up. But it sounds like in in Walla, especially in in those years, there was from what I'm understanding, there was that chemistry, there was a good flow, but then uh, one of the members was having a uh, a different mindset, let's say. Yeah, yeah. So what was it? Because, I mean, you could have stayed together, uh, but uh, from what I understand is that uh, John, he wanted to change something or he wanted to, well, what was it that kind of uh, set off this for you well, all to fire him? Well, he wanted to fire Alessio. Alessio was in uh, vacation. He was in Italy because he's from Italy. He was back home visiting his family when a manager came to us, uh, the manager for American Authors. Uh, they sing the song, Best Day of My Life, Best Day of My Life. And that song blew up. Mm-hmm. The manager got in contact with us. He liked 101. He flew out. And this is it's like that was already the red flag, right? So typically you fly out the whole band when you want to meet the band. But to, he flew him out to Denver, Colorado. But he he flew, flew just the, the one guy, and and the keyboardist, you know. And I'm like, first of all, me and the singer had, we had formed the band Walla. Everybody else came out afterwards. It was me and the singer who we met up on Craigslist, and let's say let's, let's start a band. Let's, let's change the world. That was the idea. And so when they flew him out there, they came back and said, "Hey, the manager wants to sign us. He wants to go all in, but we have to fire Alessio." And then I was just like. Why Alessio is one of the best drummers that we've ever had. Like, I've been in the music all my life, and he's a great drummer. He's solid. Like that guy had like, so the, why why is he trying to fire him? And then and for me, just that that was like a red flag because I, I felt like he wanted it, and you, you probably felt this right when you want to weaken somebody or somebody's mentality, you separate them because you know if they get together, they become stronger and they help each other out. So what did he want to do? Fire the drummer. Now we're all weaker. Like Ian, you know, all of us were going to be like kind of separate. Now the contract that we had, is there's no majority anymore because there's four now. Mm-hmm. So who's the majority? It's, 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 it'll be hard enough. I mean, you can do three, but it, it was going to be really hard. And so I was like, you know what? I see I see where this is going, you know? I see where this is going and, and I don't like it. And like just the fact that you let a stranger who has never been with us since day one come and take over the band and start firing at, at, at you know, no, I was like, I, I'm sorry. Like we rather, let you, we would rather let you go because you're already showing me what kind of person. And, and like I said, it had been building up. It wasn't like overnight. It was like, he had shown us like, it was showing his true colors. And then that moment when he wanted to fire Lester, when he wasn't even there, he wanted to fire him over the phone. I was like, don't you have, the decency to come back when he comes back at least and we can talk about it if i if i would have let him he would have fired him through email and after five years like he didn't like kind of like you know think about it say you start a podcast with someone else you're not getting paid you show up on time you record your podcast you do the editing you spend nights and weekends talking about the next podcast and then one day you say you know what thank you for your five years ryan but you're fired now this this podcast is blowing up we're getting a lot of plays, a lot of views, but you know what? Your service is no longer needed. First of all, you put in so much time and work and didn't even get paid for it. And now when we're finally, it looks like we're going to get paid. You want to fire that person? No, we were, 
all of us had equal access. For me, it was like we all put in the work. We deserve a fair share, you know? So that was that was a scenario. And so obviously y'all separated, but for the the remaining the remaining three, um, did you feel that your your relationship as a band went in a different direction or it it improved, it, it stayed stronger. stagnant? I guess stronger. We we've had many memories, like we've we had like they've they've been there for me I've, they i've been there for them like when uh moments of family gatherings like uh when ian's family would come over or like like i know all their family members i know their the parents and it's like it's like it's a it's a close bond you know it's like a family bond and i felt that moment got us closer like they know who i am like like you know you can speak you can speak say oh i'm gonna do all this but you know what in the end your actions really speak louder than your words and they saw that I had their backs. And at the moment, unless you saw and Ian saw that I wasn't going to let money or a producer or because we got screwed. The 101, we got screwed. Like we could have made more money with 101, but our singer signed a bad deal where he did it behind our backs and didn't tell us until after the fact. So all these things were, and later on that, that bad, the bad uh, contract that we got hinder us because we got signed by Jay-Z's management company we got signed by another manager that was really huge. Uh, that was with the um, the guys that do Safe and Sound. That song that was really big. Yeah. I can't remember. Uh, uh, but anyways, like we were, it was there. It was there. You know, it was there. We but this guy had a lot of fishy. He did a lot of fishy things behind our back that cost us going farther in the industry. You know, people didn't want to, after they saw the contract that we had well, that signed the contract that he signed for us. People are like, no, 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 no. You know what? I don't want to touch you guys. You guys are like a, like a sick person. They don't, they, they don't have nothing to do with us anymore. And it was sad because I had just quit my job. I was excited because we were just getting signed. We had just got signed like a couple of weeks ago and I quit my job. I was making pretty good money, a full-time job. But I was like, you know what? I want to focus on music. I want to focus on this band. And then the, the manager goes, oh, I'm dropping you guys because your producer doesn't want to give up the rights to the song. You know? And and everything was just like you, that's why it's like you it's really important when you sign contracts to 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 make sure like people look through them you know because there's there's a, a, in, in, in like any industry there's a lot of sharks out there yeah. trying to take advantage a uh, sweet I uh, you know people with dreams they take advantage of them and 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 they'll they'll you know they'll really take you to to take you to places you're like what now I have no money I'm broke well. Thanks for anyways. See you later. You know, and and this happened where the the manager dropped you a week after you quit your job. Yeah, because it, it was a contract for like a long time. It was it was set in stone. It was like a, a binding. Like it took a miracle, like to like for him to drop. Like that was not foreseen. Like I did not foresee that happening because it seemed like everything was like. So this manager was before the other manager that flew the color to Colorado. That mm. was the second manager. This first manager, he was like, I'm telling you, he was imagining that band, Safe and Sound Band. I can't remember the name. They they, they were like, they're the biggest band in the, the world at the moment. Like, they had one song that was like so popular. He wanted us to, he wanted 101 to be on the radio and he was going to push it, but the producer owned 50%. And normally that's not normal. 50%. A producer should only own 1% of your song. 50%. So that means from we made like $100,000 on that song. 
he got $50,000 for doing nothing, just recording us. And that song, we had come up with that song before we even met him. You know, it's those things were like, it was foolish of the singer to do that. Yeah. But, you know, he learned his hard way because now, I mean, the singer hasn't done nothing. He started a side project that never took off. But, you know, it's like, I, and I, and that's the thing, like, we're a brotherhood. I said, I'm looking out for you, bro. Like, you're a singer. You're my band. I'm going to look up the best interest for you. It's not just about me. It's like, if someone's trying to scam us, we're a team and we're not going to let that happen. But he didn't see it that way. And, you know? You think if he saw if he saw it your way or like the rest of the group's way, that y'all would still be together? Uh, probably, yeah. And and things would be a lot different too. Probably, it would be a lot different. But you know, uh, you know, like I I I always, I, it's weird because you know I'm a philosopher in a sense where like I study philosophy and you know there's always talk about freedom of will, right? But then there's always talk about uh, like a destiny, right? Is there do, do things happen for like a reason? And I want to say. I, I do believe in that. I do believe that some some things do happen for a reason. And like, I'm sure it, it was just, it wasn't meant to be. Like, we had a special chemistry. We wrote special songs. But for whatever reason, it was not meant to be. And 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 that, and I was, I was able to uh, accept it and, and be okay with it. So, you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm okay with it. Hey, eh? like, I, I, at least I, it's like uh, being in love, right? Compared to being in love, right? Some people don't have like, oh, I never been in love or I never got my heart broken. Like, you know, and some people are like kind of don't want, oh, I don't want to fall in love because I don't want to get my heart broken. But it's in getting your heart broken that you experience some of the most beautiful things up to that point, right? Because then you get your heart broken and you're like, oh, this is the worst feeling ever. <laughs> I want to, yeah, yeah. you know? Yeah. But it's like, you know, it's better to have love than to never have loved at all. And for me, it's like, it's better have to got signed and, and had a song kind of almost go blow up than never have a song blow up at all, you know? Yeah. <laughs> that makes sense. <laughs> but the thing is that you never gave up even after all that where, oh, yeah, no. you know, people, I mean, it's, it's understandable. If someone wants to give up that dream. Maybe they're thinking, "I'm not getting, I'm not getting anywhere. I'm not financially. I'm not getting anywhere. Uh, I'm gonna, you know, step away from that." You know, that's I respect the, those people who make those decisions. Yeah, yeah. Uh, however, for you on a personal level, let's say you walked away from music, and let's say right now you're 80 years old or maybe 100 years old, you know reaching your last moments in life and you were to look back do you think that you would have regret for stepping away from music no for sure for sure and it's something that i, sp I speak to your uh, all the time where like she knows that if i step away from music i'll become very uh, re uh what's that word um decoroso when you it's like they say it happens a lot when pe married people were like if you give up your dream because you're trying to like be a, a like a stay-at-home dad or a sense like, like you you hold it against your family because you'd be like oh it's your fault since i got married with you like i couldn't do my dream anymore and now i hate you and i, I regret doing that yeah and bitter exactly like a bitter and i don't want it i told her like you know what in some way in some fashion i want to still do music you know it doesn't have to be like where i'm like on the road every weekend and and trying to like make you know now i try to find a, a balance where like it's the it's up to me now, really. It's 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 because, like, just like say I wanted to be a lawyer now, right? Like, say my dream was to become a lawyer. You have a family and you have kids and you have to work. Well, guess what? If you want to really be a lawyer, you're gonna have to do it when the kids are asleep, take night classes. When you really want to do something, you'll find time for it, right? Yeah. 
there's yeah. no excuse same thing with the gym like like if i want to go work out i have to make time like when it's either early mornings or late nights when my kids are sleeping well guess what when my kids are sleeping i'm working on music i'm working on my next song like there's no excuse i really want this like so there's no there will be no bitterness to or, or be like oh you know what i, I had kids you know i got a full-time job no it's just excuses i'm hoping that all this hard work eventually i can leave that full-time job where i'm you know i'm doing music full-time it only takes one song it only takes one sure. song to blow up and do very well and boom, and then you know so in the meantime yeah. i'm gonna have to put the long hours but it's it's a it's a life will live for me it's better than me like like you know sometimes don't get me wrong I'll, I'll, I'll watch a movie or a tv show here and there but i i, I always had this feeling like I could be making a song right now. Why am I watching TV when I'm not, I'm not using my time wisely? Because then it's not that I'm like, like before or all, because I have kids now, that's why I have to stop doing music. No, it's because you want to go watch TV, you want to watch a soccer game, or you want to, what's more important to you, that football game or you finishing that song? You know, you have to, you have to be that judge and say, you know what? Yeah, you know what? I can, and, and nowadays you can record things. Like, you know yeah. what? You can watch it, DVR and watch it another time. Like for me, like no it's like you have to live in the moment because you might not get tomorrow and and as i'm getting older i'm realizing that tomorrow's not promised it really it's not like it feels like we are promised tomorrow but we're really not and you know i recently had a, a cousin pass away he was 36 years old and and it just like it really like woke me up because it scared me i was like man i'm 42 like like what if something happens to me that's the question i i would i be would I, like you said would i be okay leaving earth or getting you know called by god so okay it's time for you to go and like a part of me is like no i don't want to go yet i haven't i haven't finished the things i wanted to finish you know and i I need to push myself harder i need to take advantage i i come up with a schedule and i'm trying to stick to it it's hard don't i'm human you know yeah. I'm, sometimes i come exhausted and it's hard to balance life and everything but when you really just want something you it's the same thing because when i met walla i was working a full-time job as well I was working a full time. I would go, I work from eight to five and I would drive to Hollywood and band practice would start from seven to nine, seven to 10, come home at midnight, go to sleep and go to work the next day. Yeah. But guess what? All that sacrifice paid off, you know, and then we'll pay off if I keep working hard to what extent. I don't know. I, I can't see the future, but I just have to work, make sure that uh, quality is there, you know, quality of my music, you know, it doesn't diminish and that I'm getting better every day. That's all. All. You know, that's all I can really control. We've spoken about, you know, the the hunt for money, also the pursuit for happiness. And, you know, there has to be a balance. But I think most of all, I think the important thing is, you know, being content with w one's own life. You know, it's so like you're saying like, hey, like you haven't, you know, hit, you know, the the millions and millions of dollars kind of a lifestyle. But if you were to if your life were to be wrapped up right now or, you know, hopefully not, but if that were the case, you could at least say, Hey, I, I, I chase after my dream. I pursued it. And, uh, I, at least, I, at least, uh, lived my life. So I think mm -hmm. that's, that's something, uh, that not, not all of us do. I mean, for me as, as a podcaster, I, I was actually, uh, I've always had this like, urge to like do something even before uh when i was in high school i want i was thinking about being like a photojournalist or doing something for journalism but 
but then I left and went to the Philippines and, you know, that's a, a whole other story, but uh, you know, the past like two years, there's always been that, you know, like the, the seed is already planted from, from years ago. And it's like, I felt that it was, it was starting to, to come up again. And I started off with just writing blogs. I was afraid to actually record my voice. So I just did blogs and then I started doing a little bit of recordings, but I would have to write everything because I was just hmm. so afraid to go ad lib and just do it uh, openly. And now I'm actually recording my face where like two years ago, I would have been mm-hmm. even a year ago. I was so frightened. So now this is yeah. like, you, you see the progress, but, it, but it was always in me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I felt that because I was working at Amazon, I was very comfortable there. And, you know, I really, I, I liked that you worked at Amazon too. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's, I had a good time. But deep down, I, I, I still have a side job. I, I'm still doing something. But it was just taking away from from what I really wanted in life. So there has to be a sacrifice at yeah, some point. Yeah, yeah. Uh, for you, it was, you know, you had your full-time job. And then you go to, to Hollywood and, you know, traffic in L.A. Gosh, you know, like if <laughs> if you haven't been to L.A., you know, <laughs> Jeez, it's it's terrible yeah. traffic, but you would still do that, and it, it's for pursuit, not just of money, but for your personal happiness. And I think that's uh, something that many people, you know, even me, for the longest time, I I was putting that away. I was pushing that away because I was afraid. Oh, but if I leave Amazon to follow uh, podcasting or YouTube or YouTubing, you know, maybe I won't I won't get anywhere. Uh, I won't amount to anything, but um, a year later, I'm still, I'm still going. So I wanted to ask you uh, if there are people in the audience who are afraid to take that leap uh, and they know that it's, it's, it's within them, but they're just afraid that they're going to fail or they're not going to be financially successful right away. uh, What advice can you give them? Uh. Well, and and it's funny because it's like it's a common question that that I feel like, like I meet a lot of people who they have dreams, you know, they have goals, but it's that 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 fear, right? That fear of failure. I feel like of, what if I fail? And I feel like, what's helped me a lot is to be like, well, if you fail, it's okay if you fail. What that's how you're gonna learn, right? Like when you ride a bike or when you do anything, that's the only way you're gonna learn and get better. And and my thing is is like. I, jobs they're always going to be there jobs like amazon or, or or making like making money is always going to be there but your life your health uh will not you know you will grow old you will get you know you will age and you your your health will deteriorate and you will eventually meet where everybody ends up meeting when they die right we all we all have to pass so my thing is why not live and do things that you really want to do like uh, a lot of times it's the also the fear of like what people might think, you know, or like you said, like what people help people perceive us. But I feel like uh, we live in that realm where we're always like worried about what people are going to think. We're never truly going to be happy, you know, and if you're not honest with yourself and you're not happy, you're not true to yourself, you're just going to be living a lie, you know. Yeah, you, you'll be making money, but you'll be trying to acquire happiness in a different form, you know. Like you said, like so it's weird because 
I'm I'm not the richest person, you know. I don't have the most money, but I'm in the happiest moment in my life right now because I have a loving family and I get to do music still. I still I have the ability to do music right now. I can turn this off and after we get up, I can go write a song and I can put it out tomorrow. And that's no better. There's no better feeling for that. Like I can still do that. Like a lot. Of, I'm telling you, like a lot of people don't don't get that option anymore. Like you know, I'm pretty sure my cousin, he's 36 when he passed away. I don't think he thought that he was going to pass away at 36, you know? And it's like, you blink, like, think about it. I remember when, probably when you were 20 or when I was 20, it's like, like 40 or 35 seems so far away, mm-hmm. but it, you blinked and now you're like 30 in your thirties. Right. Same thing. Like I'm in my forties. I'm just like, I, I kind of freak out. Uh, but then you blink and we're going to be 50. You blink and we're going to be 60. So it's like, you really have a limited time on this earth. It's like, do you really want to be doing something or living for someone else? Like I, for me, it's like, no, like even if, even if I make mistakes and even if it's not the most famous music, if it's not the most popular song, I still want to be honest to myself, true to myself and, and, and give myself that, you know, that the quality of life that I really want to live because in the end, you really, and you have to look at yourself in the mirror. You have no one, like no one else is going to be there in your deathbed, but you, right? And the choices that you've made, you know? So for me, it's like, I want to be true to myself and, and and it's okay to fail. Like I told you really too, because, you know, you really has a podcast. And when she told me that idea, I was like, go for it. Hey, why not? Like, what do you have to lose? Yeah. Nothing. Like what, what do they say? You miss a hundred percent of the shots you, you don't take. That's very true. Think about it. If you never take a shot, you're always going to miss. But if you try and take a shot, maybe one of the, one of these days you'll make that shot. And there's no better feeling when you do. And and like look at like I give you props. Like look at you. I remember when you had told me, "Oh, Mo, I think I'm starting a podcast. What do you think?" And I always say, "Go for it. Why not? Yeah. What do you have to lose? Like go for it, bro. Like that's what you feel and and look how much you've evolved. Like you said, it, it took steps. Like it was step or like it was like you started with writing. And then you started recording your voice and then you started scripting out your, what you would talk about. And now you're more calm. And I feel like you're growing and then like, look how much, how much uh, content you've been putting out there. I, you've been putting up a lot of content and it's pretty awesome. Like I'm pretty sure if you would have told you, Ryan, if you told your 29 year self or 30 year old self, Ryan, one day you're going to be putting out episodes and you're recording stuff on YouTube. Like, nah, that, and I'm not, a, nah, you, you, you know, you, but look at you. You, you got to be proud of yourself and be and you say, wow, what have I accomplished? And, and who knows how much more I can accomplish if I just keep following my dreams, following, you know, and, and working hard because it, it's hard work at the same time. It's not, it's not a, it's not, someone doesn't just hand you these episodes. You have to <laughs> make it, you got to, you got to schedule these, you know, sometimes and you have to like, like I have my schedule as 10 o'clock at night, you know, over here right now. But to, who knows tomorrow? So I, I, I can only do six in the morning. And guess what? You got to wake up at six in the morning and do it, right? Yeah. Or, or do it on the weekend. And, and so like you have to make sacrifice as well, you know, but it's worth it because you're you're doing what you love. And, and like, there's no greater, I, I feel like there's no greater feeling, you know? So my thing is fail as much as you can, because that's the only way you'll learn. And don't, and don't be afraid of time. Don't be afraid. Oh, well, it's too late for, no. What inspires me is other, like I, I my inspiration is other people, like, one of my inspirations I, I think about is Ronnie Dangerfield. Ronnie Dangerfield was a comedian. He uh he started as a comedian, but then he gave up because he had a family. And then he became like he started selling paint door to door. But then he had that knack again, right? He just he went back 
And until he was already older, he went back and started doing comedy again. And guess what? Broom. He was like 40 plus when he blew up. And it went great for him. Morgan Freeman is another one. Morgan Freeman, uh, I read his bio and he was like, he, he uh, they discovered him really late in his life. He had been acting since his 20s and he applied for roles. He, you know, he applied for theater and, you know, it, it got him by. He was working as a, 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 a for a company that makes Xerox copy, copies. Like that was his daytime job. But then finally he got that, uh, I think one of, uh, uh, Shawshank was one of his earlier careers that 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 took just launched into the next level. But what if he would have given up when he was thirty and said, "You know what? It's already for me, time for me to have a family." I, I, you know, ten years in this industry hasn't done nothing to me. I just, but then we would have Morgan Freeman. Yeah, it's like every, everybody's, you know, not everybody's timelines is it. Some some of us get, you know, in our twenties, you know, we hit or peak. Some of us in our thirties, some of us in our forties, some of us in the fifties, sixties. There's people, you know, Judge, Judge Judy. I think she peaked in her fifties or sixties. I don't know. She's and, still going. Oh, I mean, she's still going. But when she when she hit that fame, it was, she was yeah. she was already an older person. And like, there's no there's no time limit. It's it's just up to you, you know. It reminds me of that meme. I'm sure you've probably seen it, uh, but there's like a meme where there's this guy. He's like digging, and he's digging, and there's like a treasure underneath. And he's like digging and yeah, like he's yeah. almost there, but before he hits the the treasure, he's like, All right, I'm done. I'm out of here. <laughs> exactly. And if he would have only like just gone just like a little bit further, it's like, yes. dang, uh, that would have been the reward. Yeah, and I don't want to be that guy, you know, like you know, just because I love it too much. Like you have to truly be true to yourself and, and find out like you know what you love to do. And it could be like whatever cooking for some people, it could be I don't know, just journal, like you said, journalism, like you know, podcasting, or it can be acting for other people. Like I would, and I want my, I want my kids to just follow their dreams. You know, hey, if you don't, you want to find you don't want to follow the traditional road. It's okay, but just know that there are no shortcuts in whatever you do, <laughs> in, in your job, and 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 music and podcasting. There's no shortcuts, man. I'm sorry, like. Like Joe Rogan, when he did podcasting, it didn't peak until like after five or ten years that he'd been podcasting. And he's and, huge, you know, and, and he's huge now. But he started, he started like in a little, in a little basement somewhere with his friends with a cheap mic. You know, we couldn't, you couldn't really hear a cheap camera, and it's just like it's those things were like, it doesn't matter where you start. You it, know it who is where you end up. You know, you know who inspired him to do the podcast, right? Mm. I was that guy's name, Tom Green, the guy from. Tommy got fingered, or what was that movie called? I'm not sure. He's uh, what's the name? I think he's Drew Barrymore's ex-husband. Oh, really? Tom Green? I don't. Know. Is that his name? Tom, the com- Tom Segura, maybe? Uh, no, no, back back. He's like a. I think he's Canadian. I don't know, but he was like, he was a comedian in the early 2000s. I don't. I don't remember everything because I left. You know, I yeah. I I left America in like 2004. <laughs> um, but I saw recently where. Uh, where Joe Joe Rogan was like, uh, you know, on the YouTube shorts, you see like so mm-hmm. many so many videos, and Joe Rogan was like, uh, he was like, wow, I really like this this uh this setup. It's like there's no like time limits. There's no like people telling you what to say or like yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. giving you cues. Like I feel free. It's like I think I'm gonna start doing this. This is nice. Yeah. And then like the rest is history. Yeah. Yeah. And then just that's all it takes. The first step, take the and that's the thing. Take that first step. It might be a, a little shaky at first, you know. Jim Morrison, you know, it was shaky on the first being on stage, but it, 
it happens we're all human you you can't expect to take the first step and like be amazing you know that's it never really happens like that you know it's like you fumble you learn what you make mistakes you learn you you know like for me it was really hard hearing my hear my voice sometimes like when i would have like record myself singing or but you know or or when interviews like i'll be so shy and you it takes it takes time you know it, it takes time but there's there's no better feeling than never to have given up like perseverance honestly a lot of times it's it's never talent that wins out it's typically perseverance that's yeah. usually what wins out you know because a lot that... of times talented people expect things because they're talented and so they don't work hard but it's the people with no talent that are willing to work harder and, and take that you know learn talent and, and take it to the next level so with your whole career because i mean you've had I mean, you're only in your 40s, but you've had a, a huge career uh, from, you know, fourth grade. You know, for me, that's for me personally, that's like when your career kind of started. Um, but what could you say was your proudest moment, you know, looking back? Uh, it's tough. I, I've had I've had many like. Um, I don't know. I, I don't know. So honestly, when, when, when I first I first finished my. Because for me, always it was always hard to fin uh always hard to finish songs. Like early on in my career, it was so hard. It was I was like I never thought they were good enough. And so when I wrote, so Neon Love was the song that while I ended up recording, but that was the song that I wrote in Spanish. I wrote that song. I I had just so it was it was funny because I had just got laid off from my job uh, a, a job way back. This is two thousand and six. Um. I still wasn't sure. I, I want. I've always known I wanted to do music, but I was still too scared to take that first step. So guess what? Uh, Destiny, God, he he took the, the he, he made the step for me. He fired. Got I got fired from my job, and so what I did is that with that time, I started recording songs. I I, I had songs in my computer that I had never finished, and so I got a song, and I just I was I got a microphone and I just started recording myself, and I put the drums, the guitar, and the synthesizer. And I sang. I mean, my voice wasn't the best, but I really, I really, I was so happy with the song. And for me, at that moment, like for other people, are like, "Oh, that song sucks," but for me, I, I my first song that I actually finished on my own. I wrote all the parts. It gave me self belief. It, it gave me like I could do this, and I uploaded that song. And that's the song that John found me. That he goes, "Hey, man, this is a great song. I want to record this. Can I sing it?" You know. And and then and it ended up being you know it's our top three songs on on Spotify, and it's just like when I heard it on the Waller version, I remember when I was in my rinky dinky bedroom, my I, my Malita was still alive, and I remember her. She was, she uh you know she's from the old school where she hand washed her clothes, and I remember when I was recording the guitar part, I would look outside. She was right in front of me. She was outside washing her clothes. And and that just inspired me, and I was like, you know what, come on, I gotta finish this song. But and now when I listen to that song, it takes me to that moment when I wrote that song where like I had no self belief. Um, I didn't have any. I had a cheap laptop and and like and, you know an okay com computer. Uh, I mean okay okay guitar, but it sometimes it's not what you have; it's what you do with what you have. And in that moment, I learned a lot. It was a, it was a great lesson to me, and it, it stayed in my mind like. It just and it just things just took off from there, you know, and I, and it was one of my proudest moments just finishing that one song. <laughs> Dang, 
that's a, a beautiful story. And, you know, in my mind, because I'm very visual and I like to, I'm very imaginative. Uh, in my mind, I I can see you, you know, working on the guitar and I see, you know, grandma outside, you know, working and, you know, uh, yeah. hand washing. And it's mm -hmm. almost it's almost like poetry, how you have one generation working hard mm -hmm. to, you know, live life. And here you are, you know, two generations later working on on your own yeah, uh, yeah. projects to, you know, exactly. to to make life continue so that was just very beautiful what you shared and um oh, cool thank you uh thank you so much for joining the truth of hills podcast uh where can people find uh some of your projects find your uh handles so they can find me on spotify uh so i have a couple of handles i have walla which is one of them walla on spotify uh we're on instagram walla the band everywhere you'll find us pretty easily we're the only walla uh, and then my own project. Uh, so I have two projects. I have one called Desiderio, which I have singers that are from other countries that I've worked with sing all my songs. And then I have Desiderio Beats on Spotify that are just beats that I sell. Or you can just listen to them. Like if you're studying or you're, just, you're getting things done around the house and you just want music with no lyrics, I have like about 40 beats uploaded. On Spotify, so they're under Desiderio Beats, and it's Desiderio D E C I D E R I O, which is my middle name, which is my great grandfather's first name, actually, Mamalita's dad. His name was Desiderio, so my dad gave it to me, and you know, it, it's a, it's a name that no one really has, so it makes it easier to find you. You know, I I always feel like when when like when I come up with a band name, always got kind of gotta come up with something that hasn't been used before because they'll be easier to find. I think you know. So Desiderio wasn't really used at all. So and, and Instagram, I'm this Desiderio Beats or Desi, X Desiderio. Okay. Uh, you can find me there. You know, um, Instagram or on Twitter, same thing. X Desiderio. Uh, on um, on my Beat Stars page, you can go to BeatStars.com and type in Desiderio, and I'm right there. Desiderio store. I have all my beats for sale. I have some really good deals. <laughs> so you know, if you're looking for some music, or you know, you can contact me directly. Uh, you know, uh, you can find me on LosPocos at gmail.com. And if you need a music for your podcast, your TV show, whatever you need, I, we can work something out. Like I'm, you know, I'm just I'm willing to help anybody. So who needs music, you know? And I and I do all styles too. So, uh, you know. But thanks for having me on, Ryan. Like I'm really proud of you and what you're doing because I I know starting an office it's not easy. You know, starting off is usually the hard part. But uh, you know, I I gotta give you props, man. You're you're putting in the work and it's you're flourishing. So I'm I'm really happy for you. Thank you. And um, I'll be leaving all those. I mean, th that's a bunch of handles. So like, <laughs> I, I can imagine like the audience are like, you know, scrambling for a paper and pen. Like, <laughs> like how do you spell Desiderio? Like, is it a, uh, so yeah. So I'll be including that and uh, that's it for today. So to the audience, thank you so much for listening. You have been listening to Desiderio and myself, the host, Ryan Anthony Hernandez, and this has been another episode on the Truth That Heals podcast.